This is why people tune in. I don't really do anything new. I don't either. I just copy other people's code. I know. Mostly my code, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I do a lot of that. I do a lot of copying of your code, actually. Yeah. Sometimes I I copy so much of your code, I don't even think, you know, maybe there should be just like some generation. Like we should have like a Rails scaffold command equivalent for your code. Yeah. Yeah. Like just James <laughs> Scaffold. <laughs> James. I like to think my code is surprising and scary. <laughs> I just need that scaffold done. We should we should really work on that. We could build like a maybe we could build the TypeScript framework. I mean, you could uh, TypeScript. I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of just file generators if you want to like a code generator. But um, you know. Uh, like I, I think I've mentioned before, I'm not really a fan of um, passive code generation. Mm. Like active code generation is okay, where you run a command and it gets generated. But if you're doing, if you're doing passive, it just means you end up with a lot of the of identical stuff, right? Yeah, we don't want that. No, I like to type everything out, so I feel like I'm very productive. Well, I mean, there's like there's about there's three places in this app where you need to do that. I, I suppose it might be okay for a use case like we have, where it's like there's a task system. Like just generating the basics is okay. Yeah. But um, like the way Rails does it, where it's like Rails scaffold um, users is so chaotic and like, uh, you know, just it leads to misery. You know, it doesn't, might not lead to misery for you, but two years down the track, uh, everyone's going to. For future you. you. But future you is not really you. So who really cares? Let no, future it's not even going to be future it. you. It's going to be some other guy. Some other person. Yeah. Some other person, apologies for the gendered language, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some other person's going to be picking that up, screaming your name, getting the git yeah. blame out and being like, who and is this James person who scaffolded everything? Not in the way I like people to be screaming my name either in the, the <laughs> least ideal method. You want them not screaming like your name? Fan. I only scream it when I come across some great code and I'm like, wow, James. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what you meant when you were – is that what you meant with – is that what you were talking about? No one's ever done that. Has what anyone do you mean? ever done that? Well, we That's haven't worked in the same room since COVID started pretty much, but hey, things yeah, are getting weird down here, let me tell you. I've been working with human beings lately. <laughs> yeah, you've really grown your hair out. It's I'll, kind of freaky. I'll have to get the video going so everyone can see how ugly I'm looking. You've got uh, super long curly hair that looks like you've just been dropped down to like the 80s. <laughs> I'm expecting you to put on like a big, like either pure white or pure red suit and like go to the disco, big gold chain. <laughs> I yep. think that matches what you're wearing. That's exactly what I was going for. Glad. Yeah. Well, we do have a big conference coming up, so maybe I can do it for the conference. I'll get suited up, white suit maybe. Yeah. That's get a good really, idea. Get really dressed up for the conference. Hmm. Actually, that'll be the first time I actually interact with people in so long. It's going to be. I'm going like to have to. I wouldn't even know what to do. Yeah, I'm going to have to prepare for this. It's going to be hard. Mm. But I've been, um, I've been learning about. I'm always learning, but you know what I've done this week? Uh, sales. Sales. I've done a little bit. Yeah. I don't really like sales, but it's a bit boring. 
Yeah. I don't even, uh, I don't, you know what? It's necessary for the existence of a company. But I don't even sell. Do you know what I do? I just ring people up and go, hey, do you want to look at this? And then, like, that's it. I, by the end of the right conversation, now? Are you saying that, that your sales method is so advanced that <laughs> you don't even need to do it. No, I just, I want people to look at the app. And if they're not ready to buy it just by looking at it, I don't do any hard sales. I'm just like, okay, I need to work more on the app. Then let's go back to coding. Oh, right. No, see, we have different um, philosophies because someone would look at it, say, oh, I don't like it. And they'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> 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 this is, what do you mean you don't like it? It's the best I task management <laughs> system ever. <laughs> what do you mean you this don't like it? This is the final system. This, there will yeah. be no task management system ever as advanced as this one. This is the singularity. <laughs> yeah, manifest. that's right. The singularity of task systems. We've solved the problem. Yeah, but then, well- I, I write a lot of React code, but then I realize I don't actually know what, um, like a lot of the JavaScript primitives and like the DOM APIs and, you know, all the stuff that React is built on top of because React is yeah. just an abstraction. Mm, yeah. Because I feel like React's getting more and more abstract, right? Like version 18, we haven't even upgraded to that yet, but it's got even more hooks in it now. There's all this like magical stuff. So then I was thinking like, imagine in a couple of years and React, becomes like a framework almost not a library anymore it is very much a framework now but yeah okay <laughs> yeah and then it'll be hard for people to kind of learn you have to learn react uh like it's a big job to learn it right so i'm thinking i should learn the underlying primitives and then it'll make my life easier maybe i don't know but i've been i've been looking up things like buffers and stuff I don't know what um, primitives would really help you learn React unless you're doing something where you have to like capture a ref and modify something. I was actually looking at that, that exact thing. I mean, yeah. So when I started web development, I didn't do any React or anything. I was doing like JavaScript, you know, just literally vanilla JavaScript embedded at the top of either a PHP or a, like an HTML file. So... Like, um, I think I have a decent knowledge of some of the internals, not the internals of like V8 or anything, but like of the JavaScript browser environment. And yeah. I knew a pretty good amount about like CSS selectors and all this stuff, but you learn it and then because you don't use it, it just drops out of your head. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it's of like immense value to learn too much uh, if you're not actually going to end up using it. So. Like if there's some portion where you're like sort of scratching the edges and you're not understanding, then that's good. But like, is it really valuable for you to learn how to like <clears throat> append elements to the document imperatively? Uh, probably not, mm. you know, in 90% of your work. Yep. Um, I think for like full stack developers, it's even less important. If I was, if I actually decided to stay on the entirely front end path, it might've been beneficial. Yeah. And maybe I would have like, stuck to the vanilla JS train, but yeah. there's so much to do there and it just takes so much work and effort and um, the other people have already done it. There's just no reason to, mm. I, I, I don't see the value. I suppose I just like learning, like learning the underlying elements, maybe not, uh, not being able to necessarily repeat it, but look at it and say, Oh, okay. Now I can kind of see what react is doing. Maybe not being able to, like I yeah, wouldn't want to go, I wouldn't want to go, hey. You want to learn the DOM. Yeah, like I want to learn the DOM. Works. Yeah, I need to get more into that. Yeah. But then like you said, full stack developer, don't have enough time to do anything. The other day I was thinking I should just be a front end developer. Why? I don't know, because I wanted to build some cool <laughs> front end stuff. boring. 
I know, but like I wanted to build some cool front end stuff. Then I was like, if I was just a front end developer, I could just build the front. And then I thought to myself, if I was a front end developer, I'd be angry because then I'd be like, I can build the front end and I can't even build the back end. Yeah, exactly. So, so instead I just do like a little bit of shit code everywhere. <laughs> I don't do anything good. I just do like all these- What like, do you mean? You built a whole product. It's fine. Yeah, I know. Do you think it's good, but? What? The product? Not the product, but like, I don't know. Sometimes I look at my code and I think this is horrible. Like people, this is- it Well, it's even. mostly my code, so it looks great. And I look at all the code <laughs> that I copied off you. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like- I haven't even done anything. I've just like copied How James. Many years have I been telling you to like read about syringe? Have you even done that? Yet? No, I have read syringe. Okay, but uh, actually, I went deep into um, like reflect metadata and how that works and stuff. That was pretty cool. So I understand what's going on there. Um, I can't repeat it. Yeah, reflect metadata is a TypeScript package um, that like gives you runtime type information without needing to like uh, add extra, like duplicate your like types and also your uh, implementations for classes. That's that's pretty much it. It's a um, there's a decorator you add, isn't there? Like uh, not necessarily. It doesn't have to be a decorator. Oh, it's, it's just- all every class um, property will get a reflect metadata value. Mm. I did look into it and it's left my brain already. See, this is the problem. Yeah. I do a bit of backend and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to learn about dependency injection and containers. And then I spend one day on it. Actually, that's my problem. I need to spend a day and then come back to it in a week and be like, okay, I should have made notes on it. Damn. Very sad. I should have made yeah. notes. And then you could have looked at the notes and been like, what the fuck are these? <laughs> <laughs> I need to throw these out and start all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's too much information, too many things to do. That's why maybe it's better if, um, well, I think the good thing about having a product is you've got a goal. So we just keep working towards the goal. It seems to work out, but right. It's like, oh, I need to build this thing. And then you just work it out. I just copy yeah, your code. lots of money. We get stuck. Hey? So much money. <laughs> Who's got money? I said, you said, uh, at least we've got a goal and it seems to be working out. Ah. <laughs> and at least we've got money. <laughs> well, we're on the no, path. That was the joke. We're on the right path, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the whole uh, collapse of Western society that we're dealing with right now. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so everyone's going to need task management soon. How are you going yeah. to manage everything if everything's falling apart? What's In the our first communist thing you need? Uh, dictatorship. If you don't have a workflow application, I did read. How the, are you going to onboard your um, serfs? <laughs> I did read the first cup, uh, first few chapters of Communist Manifesto lately. Yeah, wow. Only I've I like Googled it, and uh, in the Google bookstore, you can read the first few pages of the Communist Manifesto. Yeah, you didn't pay for it. It's not very capitalist, have you? <laughs> <laughs> you showing you me, that? James is showing me a picture it says get in loser we're seizing the means of production and there's a guy <laughs> driving a car is that Karl Marx yeah it's Karl Marx driving a car saying get in loser we're seizing the means of production <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually a communist I'm sorry <laughs> any actual communists listening <laughs> it's a very funny sticker I keep that on my uh, drawing pad yes 
you got to have these ironic stickers, right? What is life without ironic stickers? That's true. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But speaking of um, taking notes for coding, have you ever um, I had this idea the other day? This blog post inspired me. It's like you should just do everything with um, Vim because it was talking about how. <laughs> hold on. No, no, okay. wait. Okay. I've I can see the smile idea. on your face straight away. <laughs> but just wait one second. All right. So. Um, what happened was the the article was talking about how the older a language, the older a tool is, the longer it will be used. Something like that. So, like, if a tool yeah, is only is. oh, did you see it? Yeah. If, yeah. A, if a tool's only like a month old, it's only going to live for another month. But if a if a tool is thirty years old, it's going to live for another thirty years. Something like that to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Which means like Postgres is going to be around for another, how long? 30 years. Yeah. Probably longer. We're stuck with it. Yeah. Whereas well, React is only going to Postgres be- is 40 years old, won't it be around for 40 years? That's right. I don't know how the maths works on this thing, but uh, <laughs> basically they're saying the old stuff- I'm sure this works. <laughs> they're basically they're saying the older something is, the longer it's going to stick around. And then that's where it, this other article was talking about how you should just use Vim for everything. And then I had this idea because I use Apple notes just to take my notes. Yeah. But I was like, why don't I just write everything in markdown? Why am I even mucking? You don't even use Vim. So, I mean, I know, but I will, I really want to. (laughs) You've been saying you're going to learn Vim for six and a half years. I've been trying so hard. (laughs) I just need to break the ice with Vim. Break the ice with Vim. Yeah. All right. I really want to. You're going to have to get a keyboard without keycaps to start. Well, I can't afford it. I've been trying to do that too, but as soon as it's over the top, put some like nail polish over the letters, (laughs) fan them off if they're just painted on. I should make a, um, I should do like a, use like some JavaScript API and then on every key press, I'll just make like a clicky sound. So it feels like I've got a clicky keyboard. A mechanical keyboard. Mechanical keyboard, yeah. My keyboard doesn't really click. It's mechanical. What what color keys have you got? Uh, reds. Ah, uh, yeah. Reds are very nice. Mm. Cherry reds, yeah. Yeah, so my my idea is as soon as the startup makes money, I need to buy a keyboard and a chair. And maybe yeah. a new, and probably a new laptop too. As soon as the startup makes approximately four hundred dollars <laughs> buy a keyboard and a chair. It's <laughs> a good idea. I like that. Tune back in next year and see if I get the keyboard and chair. <laughs> Tune back next next year, yeah. That's good. That's got to happen soon. But anyway, have you ever uh, written notes in Vim with Markdown? Have I? <laughs> You've been waiting for me to it's give It's almost you- like I've you know answered this question before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I used Vim for essentially everything. Uh, I've tried to get every... I had a Twitter client for Vim for a while mm. that I would use. And a Facebook client as well, believe it or not. And, wow. uh, yeah. When Facebook so was getting- I tried to get everything into used. it at some point. Yeah, wow. And then- Email, I, I had Mutt set up and I was using um, uh, Vim for that as well. So mm. literally everything. So um, how does Vim interface with these things? Is it like a plugin system or what? Yeah, that's well, that's the strength of like Vim and uh, Emacs and these other like lower level editors is yeah. that- uh, they have an extremely rich uh, like API, so 
you can write plugins for Vim in Golang, in JavaScript, TypeScript, Python, the language that was originally shipped with Vim called Vimal. Mm. Yeah. Like, is it actually, are they called plugins? Is that the right term? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. Vim yeah, plugins. plugins. So then the, your, like your Facebook one, did you write that yourself or did you like find no, there one? Was just, there was one on online. Yeah. I, I don't write heaps of um, like Vim config. I've probably only got a couple thousand lines. More than a couple thousand, but yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, you don't want your config too long, really, do you? It's just something, another no. job to manage. <laughs> I mean, I, I do, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I do use it for everything. So You thrive in complexity, but I'll just no. be Googling stuff all the time. What do you mean? With his, me Googling? No, me. I'll be Googling. You're fine. No, no, don't. Well, that's the thing. I, my, the reason, the different, another difference is Vim starts out as like nothing. It's like just text editing. Mm. And then instead of like an IDE where everything is built in and you have enough stuff that you never change anything, I feel with Vim, it's more of like um, you're honing something, like you're honing a sword uh, ah, to fight software with. I like that um, analogy. Because over time, like I started with just text editing because I was doing Ruby, right? Mm. Um, and PHP and all this stuff. And then over time, like you... TypeScript, you know, there's better IntelliSense and whatever. And IntelliSense wasn't just trash. That was like random garbage because I wasn't using purely dynamic languages. TypeScript and Go and other languages and Scala and Java. Um, those like sort of, you know, gave me an impetus to change. And I like added one little thing, which would be like the language server protocol, or I'd mm. add another thing, like I need to search a file. Yep. So I'd add like a little thing and I'd write something to interface with that. Yeah. Or like some other tiny little thing. Like um, I, when I was writing like little blog posts or trying to, I like said uh, I need like something that gets rid of all the line numbers and stuff. So I like added one little thing. Mm. And so over the years, I have like millions of little things that I've written that mm. are like a muscle memory essentially for me. So, and then um, how how hard is it to configure stuff? Like, is it relatively easy to to pick up? Like it's set, very easy the, the from my perspective. You it? have to, I mean, there's like a barrier to knowing what some things do. Right. The only difficult thing in Vim, I think, in terms of configuring initially is figuring out where the file goes. Um, like Vim that's config, hurdle number one. Like there's a dot .vimrc or is oh, it yeah. in the tilde slash dot config slash in Vim or whatever. Oh, right. you know? yep. So there's a couple of places where the config could be. And then after that, it's just... Um, yeah, I mean, mappings and stuff and getting a plugin, uh, like a single plugin in is very easy. But uh, yeah, there's like a website called Vim Adventures that you try it out beforehand. So that's like a, I think I've probably made you do that before. Is that the learning thing? It's a learning one, yeah, yeah. where you like you're on an island. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah, yeah, the, I've done that once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've done it one I've, day when you told me to and I never touched it again. <laughs> But this I've is why I want to do the, several people to use it. I'm just, well, yeah, this is why yeah. I want to do the notes thing because I feel like my barrier with the coding is I get frustrated because I need to keep moving fast because we've got the startup. So I don't want to slow down my coding speed at the moment, maybe later. That's why I feel like the note, if I start doing the note taking in Vim, at least I'll start building my muscle memory and learn like those little hurdles, right? Like you said, like where's the config stored? How do I interact with things? Where do I save things? If yeah. it's my note app, it's not, I'm not too reliant on my note app to get my work done. And then I'll be getting an extra skill and honing the sword as well. 
yeah. to tame the beast of TypeScript one day. I just want to be so fast on TypeScript. Mm. Well, I didn't just like um, cut over to using Vim full time either. Like I used Vim, I, I had to learn the hotkeys to like edit, get commit messages or whatever. Mm. I remember using Nano initially and then, um, you know, uh, my brother making fun of me or something. <laughs> that, so I learned the Vim hotkeys and then... <laughs> Uh, but I always had like an IDE, like I always had like VS code or actually, what did I use? Adam. I used Adam Uh, probably more than anything for a long time, uh, which is now dead. It apparently wasn't old enough. So, um, but yeah, I always had something else. And then like over time I slowly spent more and more of my percentage of time inside of Vim instead of an IDE. Mm. Same thing with this keyboard. Like I bought this keyboard. It's like a split keyboard called the ErgoDox. Yep. Like if anyone else tries to type on this thing, they like are incredibly confused and scared. But like I did it only at night for like 30 minutes a night. I didn't just take it to work and say, I'm going to use this. Oh, okay. No. Hey, um, speaking of the ErgoDox, you know um, the key mappings. So, like, you know I one. Do. You know one thing that slows me down. I don't shift cur- uh, like shift to get the curly bracket. You know the curly bracket. Yeah, I have to press shift to get one. What the fuck? You have to press shift to get a curly bracket. <laughs> Unlike every other programmer on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is the question: On your ErgoDocs, do you still have to press shift to get curly? No, there's um there's two like thumb thumb, what do they call them? Thumb areas, yep. and so uh, it's a layered keyboard. Mm-hmm. So you go up or down a layer. Yep. Uh, and on the layer above my like QWERTY keyboard, there's a symbols layer, mm-hmm. and uh, so I just go up a layer and then uh, tap one key. So all my symbols are on that layer, like still on HJKL. Mm-hmm. So like the home row. So I'm not reaching up or anything. Right? Damn, that's what I need. Is that is that because of the ErgoDocs? Is that like macros built in? Or? Uh, yeah, uh, I can send you the URL. There's a URL for the um, keyboard layout. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll link it in the show notes. How's that? But hey, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, post in the Discord maybe so all the, all the other ErgoDocs fans can have a look. But um, can I change it on my normal keyboard? This is such a, a noob yeah. question. But like, I'm You're a using Mac a Mac, keyboard. right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, an app called Carabiner, called K-A-R-A-B-I-N-E-R, which so is like, like the- a Carabiner. Yeah. It's like the standard like keyboard modification tool for OS X. And uh, I used to use that a lot. So one of the, the biggest things that you do when you use Vim is hit escape. Yep. Normally people only hit escape like once or twice a day. Yep. Uh, if you use Vim, you hit escape like probably every other second. Oh, so. okay. Does escape take you back to the- the main layer. Uh, is that why you use it? So yeah, well, I think or? you might be confusing uh, layers like my keyboard layer with Vim, but Vim is a modal editor. So there's like a, a select and an insert mode. So it would take you back to the, to the normal mode. Oh yes. Sorry. Yeah. I, am con- I was yeah. confusing, confusing the two. Yeah, so right. like escape for me is actually where caps lock is for most people. And that oh. caps lock, which is escape, is also control if I hold it, and it's escape if I tap it. And that's something that's like built into Carabiner, I believe. How do you spell Carabiner? K-A-R-A-B-I-N-E-R. Okay. Carabiner. Carabiner. Not with a C. It's like a... It showed me I have the... to type OSX as well. Oh, uh, yeah. This is some interactive Googling um, on this podcast. We've Ooh. really ramped up the quality for season two and a half. Pull that up, Jamie. All we need to do is get... 
like a Jamie. Where's Jamie? You know, like on the Joe Rogan podcast, he's got that guy, and he's like, "Hey, can you look, Google that for me?" No, I don't listen to him ever. Oh. I would never. Anyway, if you need something pulled up, you just tell me, and I'll look it up. Carabiner Elements, a powerful and stable keyboard customizer for Mac OS. This is what I need. Yeah, this will be good. All right, I'll have a bit of a look at this. But I want to get the Ergodox. Well, there's two thing against. There's two things against me. First of all, the Australian dollar. We need to get closer to parity on the US so I can so it's more affordable. That's the first problem. Second of all, yeah. any VCs out there who want to fund the best task management system in Australia, hit us up <laughs> so we can buy keyboards. <laughs> I mean, I can afford a keyboard right now, but uh, oh, you're fine. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just thinking about Frank you would now. like a keyboard. That's, fine. <laughs> that's uh, that's all we need for the fundraise. They're like, how much money do you need? Oh, about a thousand dollars. Oh, okay, why? Oh, we need keyboards. <laughs> we need three keyboards. <laughs> that's all that's you when, need? Yes, that's, that's all That's how you need. like feed a programmer. You just give them another <laughs> keyboard. It's not coffee. It's a misconception. So um, didn't you buy another keyboard? Like the round inverted, like the inverse circle shaped one? I did. I gave it to some Dumbo from work. Ah. Hopefully he hears me say that. <laughs> you didn't like it or you just... <laughs> Henry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, no, I lend, I loaned it to him. Oh, just That's a loan. All. Yeah. I, I'm probably not going to use that full time ever, that keyboard. That was more just because that's the one that um, Primogen uses. Yeah. What's uh, it called, that one? The Kinesis uh, Advantage 2. Okay. And what's the, what's the main differences between that and your ErgoDox? The Kinesis Advantage is like a fixed keyboard. It's like a long flat panel with two like recessed uh, like uh, con- convex, convex, right? Yeah. Convex little bits that you like roll your hands through. Mm. Whereas the Ergo Docs is like entirely flat and uh, what do you call it? Isolinear. Mm. So, which means the keys are all straight in a row. The Ergo Docs has those like buttons near your thumbs as well. Does the, yeah. What's it called again? The thumb cluster? Thumb cluster. Is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does it have, I don't know. Does that I think I came up with that. That sounds like something thumb cluster. that comes in a bowl of cereal. Yes. <laughs> don't forget to get the kids a thumb cluster. Frosted thumbs. Yep. Yeah, does, is it in the other keyboard too? Yeah, yeah. There's a thumb cluster on both of them. Yep. Uh, it, but like also this one is like all white. So there's no like printed uh, keys. Oh, it really confuses me when there's actually keys printed on a keyboard because I'm used to doing it by muscle memory, not by um, what the actual like letters are. Yep. If there are letters and symbols, I actually like will look and peck. But if I, if it's unprinted, I won't. So mm. it's probably not ideal. I'd have to replace all the keycaps or something if I actually used it full time. Uh, also, I think it's it feels more Windowsy. I don't know if that's a concept, but. Uh, um, yep. Like even the the keys and everything are uh, all feel like there's more f- like function keys. There's no function keys on this thing, obviously by default. So you just uh, feel a little bit dirty heading towards Windows, don't you? You're such a Linux person now. You know? I actually own a Windows desktop. Ah, for Age of Empires. So yeah, that's for gaming, for gaming. But yeah, I had to buy a three thousand dollar desktop in order to play a game that was released in 1994. Of course you do. <laughs> So, you know, um, you know, your special, okay. So layer two on the Ergodox, you've yeah. got all your, um, other characters, not the letters, 
like the symbols. Yeah. How'd you choose where to put them? Is there a smart way to do that or did you just like wing it and go, I'm going to put this one here, I'm going to put this one there? Trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. So like with everything that I've said so far, it's not been like, there's no like objective way to do it. It's just like, it's a tool and you're honing the tool. So when I got it initially, I just used it as a QWERTY keyboard. Um, and I used it for like when I got home. So at work, I would just use the laptop keyboard, got home, would use it as a QWERTY keyboard. And then I noticed it's a bit of a pain and also like doing the squiggles, like I'm missing the right squiggle bracket. Mm. So then I figured, well, what if I just put it here if I like tap this thing? So like I tried doing like a tap and press. So like tap and then press and that would give me a squiggle bracket. Mm. But then to do like um, parentheses, like in closed parentheses, I'd have to tap, 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 which felt really weird. Mm. So I just did like hold, hold layer. So it's just like progressive enhancement. Mm. Yeah. Hold layers like a shift key. Is that what you mean? Yeah, as long as you hold it, you're on the different layer. Gotcha. Yeah, and there's a little LED that lights up, and so you'll be on like the green layer or the red layer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need this. Definitely need this. That's what you need. I need it in my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Plateauing on the normal standard QWERTY keyboard. Yeah, you need to learn how to append elements to the DOM and yep. uh, have a layered keyboard. That's what you've been missing yep. this whole time. Everything else I'd- is easy. I, mean, I don't encourage anyone to do what I've done though. Like, <laughs> I, you're I like the poster child for what to not do to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I remember I used to say, like, oh, it's really good. You should try it to people. And then they'd try it and they'd be like, oh, it just like really hurts. And I just like gave up after enough people. You know, like uh, at the high schools, they bring in like the ex criminals to like come in and say, hey, kids, don't do this. This is bad yeah, for you. Like, that's me. I'm the, my the criminal. Yeah. <laughs> Except I'm using Vim. <laughs> you got to go to the boot camps and be like, don't be like me. Whatever it's you surprising do. though. I have quite a high body count. I, more people after I stopped trying to evangelize are more interested in Vim. And I've actually converted, I know of at least four developers who use Vim full time now yep. because of uh, my Jedi like, mind tricks. layout watching me code. Your Jedi mind tricks. They got, they, well, they're like, me hey, what's looks that? looks very intimidating. Yeah, um, they ask you. people. They, they see you coding and they're like, oh, but what's that? And you're like, oh, it's, it's Vim. You won't like it. And then straight yeah. away, they're like, no, I have <laughs> I love to. love it. <laughs> like a rebellious teenager. <laughs> it's but an ergodox. It's intimidating it. not even because of the um, like Vim itself. It's intimidating because mostly because of this one thing I did where like you've seen where like the cursor, like the pain follows the cursor. Yeah. It's always in the middle of the screen mm. on my computer. Yeah. So like no matter where I scroll in the file, the cursor is always middle of screen. Mm. So like that just like freaks people out for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. it's sort of like the opposite. Normally you think of a, a, a cursor as like moving through a file. Yeah. Whereas I think I'm like moving the file with my hands like mm. up and down. Yes. It's very, it's a different way of thinking. So mm. yeah. Manipulating the files with your mind. Yeah. I'm not moving my, my pointy finger. I'm no. moving the whole file around my pointy finger. I'd already report style. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I'll get some extra productivity out of that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean like yeah. the, that's the easy stuff. I mean, that's the hard stuff. The easy stuff is like monads. I mean, that's psh, everyone knows about monads. Yeah. 
My my advice is not to learn about either of those things. Um, <laughs> what, yeah. monads or the keyboard? Monads, <laughs> keyboards. If you work at like a startup or whatever, just just be happy. <laughs> just <laughs> be happy. You <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> just be happy with your life. Yeah. Uh, the more you go down the rabbit hole, now every time I, I noticed I was doing this today as well as someone, like whenever I talk about like implementation, like people are like, oh, what's the best way to do this? I'm like, well, we can go through one of the 40 ways we could implement this. And yeah. there's pros and cons to each. And it's really going to be up to your like personal experience. And yeah. <laughs> it's just be better if I was like, I don't know, like maybe we'll figure it out if we just wing it. Who knows? <laughs> just wing it, man. You just be happier. I think that's yeah. the best, right? Whatever, man. Yeah. I think that's the ultimate test for software. Does it work? Is it, can you pull it out if you need to? Can you change it? All right, good enough. That's not the test. That's my test. That's a bad test. That's how I, I hate that test. That's how I roll now. I'm like, okay, does it work? Yeah. Can I delete it if I don't like it? Yep. All right, keep going. Mm. No, it's about um, code is, uh, is, is uh, pros, right? We don't write code for the machine. We write code for other humans. So. Ah. I thought you were talking about like, uh, like a poem. I thought you were about it's to what? make some analogy about like, because you said prose, I thought you meant like a poem. Like, I thought you were going to Yeah, I think it analogy. should like, uh, you should be able to look at, at least at the surface level stuff. Maybe you have some like lower level stuff that's not like this, but your surface level stuff, you should be able to see like, oh yeah, you're getting a user, you're seeing if the user is an admin, you're doing an action and then you're like saving something to the database. Like, yeah, it should be, it should read like uh, a story, I think, ideally. Yeah. Yeah. But then going back to what you just said, there's pros and cons for each. What if you want to, what if you like imperative style? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean. You don't no. like declarative <laughs> style. Have you seen that video that's like the number one recommended if you ever search for object-oriented programming on YouTube? Where no, it's like. What is it? It's like. um why you should never do object oriented programming. And it's like, it's like millions and millions and millions of views. Yeah. And it's this guy who's just saying like, look how horrible and shitty this code is. Cause it has a class. <laughs> now look at this function. And he's like, now see all these 10 classes. Imagine if it was one function. Yeah. So yeah, very dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how some videos like that get so much momentum or like yeah, some concepts, right? Like, object-oriented programming is bad. Like that's that's an odd statement to make, don't you think? Yeah, it's How can very you say weird. any programming paradigm is bad? Except for uh, imperative, yeah. Unless you're like a, who does imperative? Is that like a C-sharp thing? Maybe they no, like it. What? No, C-sharp's the biggest. I oh, mean, C++, C++, C++. C++ is still objects. Okay, what about... Uh, Give me C. an example. Go. C. I don't know. C. <laughs> I'm trying to find one. C. C. Okay. All the C developers listening <laughs> to the so podcast. Close. Both of those examples, you had like the, the C was in C there. C was in there. I knew it was one of the C ones. This, the, the hash and the plus plus are both like, they mean objects. So. Ah, <laughs> is that what that means? Is that what yeah. plus plus means? It's like C plus, well, I think, oh, I don't remember the history exactly, but I think there was like a C plus and then it became C plus ah. plus like, because it was like another one. Anyway. Well, if you get one plus and yeah. you get two plus, it's going to be better, right? I don't even think it was called C plus plus initially. Anyway, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. Why, why would it matter? Why do we care about this trivia? 
because we've got to say, you know, some people what might like imperative programming. Everything has its place in the world of programming. Yeah, except for imperative programming. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fun. Sometimes it's fun. I mean, it, uh, the thing is, it's all the same thing. Like, I think that's what the realization is. That's what it's been for me over the last several years. It's just like, um, now that I've had the chance to play in like, you know, Scala, Java, uh, you know, uh, TypeScript, uh, a whole bunch of Go, a whole bunch of different languages and different paradigms. Like, yeah, it's all But you haven't identical. mentioned any functional programming languages there. Scala. Is that functional? Yeah. Isn't it like Java? It is on the JVM, yeah. And there are objects in it, but it is a functional programming language. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you use it in that style? In a functional style, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. And then you realize uh, these are just objects. No, it's all, yeah, everything is objects. It's just like, whereas the, <clears throat> every, everything in the program is just state and then, like manipulating state, right? Or encapsulating uh, state. performing some action. Yep. So like, where do you want to have those? Where do you want to have that function? Like, yeah. do you want it next to the data or do you want it like in some other, other folder? Like, or a different package? Like, what's the organization? It really, it comes down to like directory level stuff in my mind. Hmm. Encapsulation is like something that's uh, much more... Uh, predominant in like object oriented languages more so than anywhere else. But uh, other than that, you can still do your encapsulation in, in functional, but right. Yeah. And an imperative as well. Like JavaScript is pretty imperative and um, typically, mm. and uh, like you can still have in like encapsulation using closures and stuff, right? Like all this yeah. stuff is possible. That's it's right. not as ergonomic, but it is all still the same thing. Where would you like the functions? Where would you like the state? How would you like to act upon it? Mm. It's just turtles all the way down. Have you heard that one before? I have, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I'm pretty I sure mean, you told th me. There are some tools that are just really bad for different jobs. Like, uh, you know, don't use Go if you have like a lot of things that would typically be solved by generics or something. That would, that would be. But Go's got generics now, doesn't it? Have you had a Go That's that yet? true. That's true. Have you tried no, that I haven't yet? done anything with Go generics. Mm. I don't know if Go generics make anything easier. Mm. They're too late. I think um, the standard library will be the, the important place for Go generics, less so the, um, the application code people write. Mm. Does Rust have generics? Yeah, of course. Heck loads. Heck loads of generics. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, generics are cool. Yeah. Very cool stuff. I love generics. Love generics. <laughs> Is that the end of the podcast? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I, th I thought generics. we were just about to break through with that then. Generics. I don't know. We're, we're on the... Maybe oh, next we'll episode. music. What do you want to talk about generics? Maybe on the next episode. Well, there's something there. Generics. They're just so good. They're so generic. They're so generic. Yeah. We can just argue. Uh, maybe you just um, come up with an argument for why. Why you should never use, use generics. Why generics are bad. Yeah. And then I'll just um, say no. I'll just be, yeah. We'll say like TypeScript's bad or something. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. One of us needs to be like a devil's advocate. That'll make it spicy. And then we can post it and uh, get lots of people to watch it. Like a clickbait. We need to get Matt thing. Roberts on and talk about linting again. Oh, yeah. Because he just started <laughs> using TypeScript too. So he's going to. 
He can rant about how he hates it. Uh, he does hate TypeScript. Can you believe that? Yeah. Round two, Matt Roberts versus James. Let's Apple. get him on again. I want to hear this. Yeah. I want to hear the why he's so against TypeScript. Yeah. And maybe you can convince him otherwise. All right. Uh, you can message us on Discord. Okay. Whatever. Goodbye. Fantastic work.